0: Remember all those terrible things your uncle did to you in that awful situation back at the amusement park? Remember? You probably don't remember because your psychotherapist spent many years repressing those memories for you. Money well spent. That's when it's time to unleash the beast, grind the reps, and do as many as you can. Hey, folks. Dr. Mike here for Renaissance Purization. We have done a video last week. We talked about basic, super simple tips for improving your ability to do pull-ups, whether it be a max pull-up or pull-ups for reps, this time advanced periodization example and theory on how to improve your pull-ups. I will say, compared to our other advanced periodization stuff, the theory here for finding limiting factors is actually very simple. However, the structure of the periodized training for pull-ups for reps, which is what the example is going to be, which I'm sure a lot of you guys are interested in, and girls, that's going to be a little bit more complicated. So let's just get right into it. Here's the sequence, generally speaking, of advanced periodization to improve a lift. You find limiting factors. You do hypertrophy work to increase the muscle size underlying the limiting factors. You do strength phase if you want 1RMs eventually, or you do a work capacity phase if you want to do max pull-ups for reps, and then you do a peaking phase, respectively, for one or the other. So here's the thing, though. Limiting factor in the pull-ups, generally speaking, the sticking point in almost everyone's pull-up, unless they're not strong enough to even sort of get out of this position, the sticking point will be close to where the bar and chin interact. And that's just a terrible leverage point for pull-ups. But it's also You're also tired significantly by the time you reach that high. So your limiting factors on pull-ups are almost always going to be lats, the rest of your back, rear delts, And your forearm flexors, your biceps and bracket radialis and things like that, that are not as strong as you want them to be. Because almost everyone has the same limiting factors for pull-ups, training pull-ups is much more straightforward. So you don't have to do this whole diagnostic phase that we do with bench presses, squats, deadlifts, and all the other stuff. We just go straight into hypertrophy work that trains, generally speaking, your ability to do pull-ups, and all the other musculature that's involved. What does that look like? We'll save that for the example. But basically do a bunch of hypertrophy work, If you're working on other parts of your body, which I assume you are, it's probably good to reduce them. For example, if you're doing usually lots of bicep curls and lots of rear delt stuff, if you really want to improve your pull-up, I would reduce the rear delt volume, probably eliminate it altogether because maintenance volume for rear delts almost certainly is going to be accomplished by your pull-ups alone. And I would drop the bicep work or integrate it into your pull-up training just so there's just enough for you want it for pull-ups. You don't want to be in a situation, and most of the time, when you're like, let's say it's Friday and it's one of your pull-up workouts – you train biceps on Thursday, and they're still uh, kind of tired and sore, and your ability to do pull-ups is impinged by that. No bueno. So you might have to restructure your training such that when it's time to go train pull-ups, your back and your biceps and your rear delts and all that stuff are pretty fresh, right? Then you're going to spend a few mesocycles in the hypertrophy range, generally speaking, for getting as strongest you can possibly get on pull-ups. That's a 5 to 10. If It's a work capacity situation. We'll talk about that in a second. Then you can just do regular hypertrophy training since 5 to 30 and then get into the work capacity work for pull-ups. So if you want the biggest pull-up on RM, which is like quite rare, right? But it's, you know, how much weight can you tie and still do pull-ups? Some people talk about that kind of stuff. What you're going to do after the hypertrophy work is you're going to switch away from general work, which can involve pull-ups, but also a lot of assistance exercises. And you're going to switch to doing your favorite preferred pull-up variations, mostly. Absolutely keep in, limited, uh, you know, keep in the uh, other training that, you know, your back training, your bicep or delt, all that stuff, still kept in, but tapered down a little bit. And you're going to be doing lots of training in the three to six repetition range, the basic strength range, to get really, really strong at pull-ups. That's going to require, of course, added weight, et cetera, et cetera. And you still have assistance work. But now that assistance work, like, you know, some rows and stuff will reduce down into the five to eight rep range to tailor your body incrementally more to produce very high forces. So even your assistance work, which is designed to a little bit improve or at least maintain your, hypert- your muscle growth, is going to start to look a little bit different and start to look more strength-like, just all in line with specificity. Now, that's if you want to eventually peak with a pull-up on a If you want to peak for as many pull-ups as possible, you take a different rep. After your general hypertrophy work is done, you begin work capacity instead of strength mesocycles because you don't want to get strong. You want to build your ability to do work, ability to do reps such that you can do as many reps as you possibly can, which is the goal. Again, you use mostly your favorite pull-up variations, the ones that you want to Uh, get the most reps on. Could be one, could be a few. And then you're going to be doing most of your training. Let's say you think you're able to do about 10 pull-ups maximum. Most of your training is going to occur in a loading. This is your body weight and you can do 10. You're going to train most of your training with slightly less weight than your body weight for slightly more reps than 10. You're going to do a lot of body weight work, and you're going to do a lot of work that's just a little bit higher than your body weight. That introduces some really much needed variations that we don't just have to do our body weight all the time, but the variation is very tight. It's very limited. It's not very much. So when you're doing weighted pull-ups, for example, you're not going to do them for like sets of three when you can only do 10 regular pull-ups, you might do them for like sets of eight. And when you do assisted pull-ups, you're not gonna be doing them for sets of like 25, when you can only do 10 pull-ups, you might do more like sets of 12 or sets of 15. That way, as you improve on all of these abilities, it follows the trajectory of your improving pull-up 10RM, or rather, your ability to do as many pull-up reps as possible, so as that number goes to 11, and then 12, and the 13, hopefully, you will follow along with your weights to make sure that you stay in that range of just a little bit above, just at, and just below that raw pull-up rep number that you're pretty close to estimating you're capable of doing at the time, right? And if we're just talking about the actual pull-up itself, right, four reps close to your body weight, What you can do is you can still overload it with load like this. And I'll show you guys an example in just a bit. You do a week where you just do your body weight for, you know, three or two reps in reserve. Next week, you don't have to add a rep. You can do the same reps, but you add two and a half pounds. What the fuck? Yes, that does mean you do the very demeaning act of putting two and a half pounds on a, on a dip belt and tying it around your waist and making sure anyone in the gym that sees you doesn't recognize who you are because it's offensive. And then you do whatever eight that you did last week. Next week, you do five. The week after that, you do seven and a half. The week after, you do 10, for example. Now you're doing 10 pounds hanging for the same reps that you started the mesocycle at doing free. The next mesocycle, you take the 10 pounds off and you start back at zero, except you'll probably not do eight pull-ups, which is two reps in reserve. Let's say 10 is your best. Now you're going to probably do like 10 and that's still two RIR. Now your pull-ups have moved up to 12 and you keep going through that cycle. That's just for that training right in that range that you're supposed to. For another workout of that week, you would do the one above in loading. So that means you start at 10% over your body weight with the weight-assisted. This is if you can do like 10 to 20-plus pull-ups. This is very realistic. So let's say you weigh, OG oh, whiz, 150 pounds. That means you start that pull-up workout not at body weight, but you start it at 15 pounds hanging, and you slowly work up until you're at like 15% of your body weight, just a 5% move right? Which for you is like seven and a half pounds. So you start at 15 pounds and you go up to let's 22.5 or for simplicity, 25 pounds. When you hit 25 pounds, you drop back down to 10% over, like, you know, deload, next mesocycle, back to 10%. And then you go and do pull-ups again, but now you'll be able to do more reps. So as you can see the right around your pull-up body weight, you add a little bit of weight and go back down, add a little bit of weight and go back down. At 10% above, you go to 15 and then back down, 15 and back down. But every time you go back down, it's more reps than you could do before. On yet another day, another option. So we have three types of workouts you could be doing. This is the third. You do slow eccentric pulldowns or better yet, if you have access to an assisted pull-up machine. And you can do these things with bands and maybe partner assists some way that which you adjust to be able to do more repetitions than you ever could with your own body weight. And then you stick to sets of around five reps more than you could with your own body weight and you progress that on load. So for example, you say, okay, I can do 10 pull-ups with my own body weight, but when I get in and let's say stick the assisted pull-up weight stack at 40 pounds, because a lot of times the friction and everything, it doesn't really feel like 40, you're not really being helped that much. I can do 15 repetitions, pretty close to failure. So what you do is start at 40, next week 35, then 30, then 25, then deload, right? And then back to another number that you think you can do just five more reps of pull-ups assisted than you could raw. Same thing works for pull-downs. If you're 10 rep pull-up max, Pick a weight for pull downs you can do for 15 strict reps with a slow, eccentric control, full stretch. And then stay at around 15 reps and increase the load a little bit over time. That'll keep you at 15 reps, deload. Then that 15 rep max on that pull down will be higher. Instead of 150 pounds, maybe it's 160 now or even 170. And then you go through that process again. So you always keep that other day. So day number one, let's say we do it in order of intensity, which is probably how you should do it. Well, actually, let's see. Let me not get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, hell yeah. So once I talk through this, we'll show you the example and you'll be like, aha. So day one, there's other work to be done, but the primary work you do is weighted pull-ups that are an average of 10% heavier than your body weight. And when you float up to 15, you cut back down, Deload, repeat, and then that number moves up, number of reps. On Wednesday, let's say, you do basically right around your body weight. You start with body weight, and you only move up by two and a half pound increments until you hit 10 pounds extra. Then you take the 10 pounds off, deload, repeat, and then you get more reps. So we have one above in in load. We have one right right around, just at in load. And then the other day, Friday, you would do assisted pull-ups or pull-downs, for example, with an average of five reps more than your initial estimate at your at, at your your best. So if you can do 12 pull-ups, then you start doing sets of like you know, first set would be 17 assisted pull-ups, whatever is hard for 17. And then you slowly keep that 17 reps, but you decrease how much assistance weight you're doing or if it's pull-downs you increase how much load you're lifting so that you're still doing 17 reps on week number 4 of the progression but it's more challenging with more weight, closer to failure. Deload, repeat, and continue. And that three-pronged method trains you with just a little bit heavier loading as an pull-up, just at very similar loading and just below the loading. And it allows both for very beneficial variation, both an exercise type and a loading range, but also at the same time floats up with you so that the specificity is always really tight. So that you're always getting good at pretty close to bodyweight pull-ups, so that eventually when you taper and peak, there's a huge success with increasing how many pull-ups you can do, right? So, peaking phase, you guys can pause this and look at that, but basically what you want to do is you train hard in the first part of your peaking phase with both lots of pull-up work and accessory work. After a few weeks You pull out or heavily reduce the accessory work to where it's just pull-up work but still hard. And then like oh, a week or two out, you start to reduce how much pull-up work you're doing. How much work means how many sets per workout. It does not mean that you're not training hard when you're training. Fewer sets, right? The sets are just as hard each time. Your body starts to be able to impose less fatigue on itself because the volume is dropping. I mean, our assistance volume already went, that's a big step. Your main lift, your main pull-up work, volume is dropping. The intensity is still high. What that that does is that drops fatigue. It raises or uh, or at least maintains in the last two weeks your fitness. Fitness minus fatigue is preparedness. Your preparedness, your ability to eventually do a shitload of pull-ups goes like that. And then that's when you test at the very end. Very low fatigue, high fitness, and voila, you're doing lots of pull-ups. So let's look at an example of that. Here, the example is very specific. You are trying to do as many repetitions of pull-ups with your body weight as possible, and your current best is 11 reps, okay? I've been in this situation myself specifically. So for your hypertrophy mesocycles, on day one, you would do lots of sets of 5 to 10 in weighted pull-ups, and then, of course, other back and arm work would follow. Day two, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or even probably better, a Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay? Day two, sets of 10 to 15 assisted pull-ups, so we have a heavier day and a much lighter day, and then other back and arm work. Day three, we're easy on the pull-ups, so we just do three doubles, three sets of two, on perfect technique, free weight pull-ups with your body weight, just to keep that groove going, something I mentioned earlier. And... Lots of back and arm work after that workout. Rest, recover, repeat, and then another week and increase the load, increase the load, increase the load. You would do that for all of your hypertrophy mesocycles, which during that time, you may actually gain a slight amount of body weight, which is sweet because then your back is growing. Now, here's the fucking mind fuck. If you're really serious about improving how many pull-ups you can do during maybe a 12-week hypertrophy block You may gain something like five pounds of body weight, maybe five to ten pounds of body weight. The number of pull-ups you can do for reps might go only up by a few. But don't worry, you'll have the opportunity to lose this weight later and really peak your pull-ups. And that's going to happen in the next training phases. We have two work capacity mesocycles and then a peaking mesocycle. During these work capacity mesocycles, if you've gained some weight during hypertrophy, which you should if you're really serious, during the work capacity phase, you should seek to lose all of the weight you gained and maybe even a little bit of some. And there's going to be so much volume in that work capacity phase, there's no way you're going to lose muscle. But that entire time, you're going to be better and better and better. So, just real quick to review two to three hypertrophy mesos makes a hypertrophy block. Our weight goes up by five to 10 pounds, body weight goes up. Work capacity phases, Two of them in this case could be three. Weight goes back down by five to twelve pounds. Even you can lose a few extra pounds, and that'll really make you good at doing lots of pull-ups. In the work capacity meso, this is where our earlier model that we talked about of doing slightly heavier, right around, and slightly lighter really, really comes to fruition. Right. So day one in the work capacity meso one is, remember, we're doing roughly eleven pull-ups as a max. We do sets of eight to ten weighted pull-ups. And then other arm and back work, slowly increasing the weight. That's that 10% plus. Day two, we do sets of 10 to 14 minimally weighted pull-ups. Now, Notice I said 10 to 14 because we could start with around 10 and actually work up to 14 because now 14 is our best pull-up ability during the first this first work capacity meso, we're already up to 14. How? Well, because we did a hypertrophy meso, we were like double the size of our back or something. Your pull-ups are gonna get really good. They're gonna start climbing during this work capacity meso itself, which is a really big deal. And if you add, remember it's weighted pull-ups. So if you add more than 10 pounds, strip and go back, and your rep will jump. That's how we get to that 14. It's gonna be like, and you know, f- three weeks in where you got up to 10 pounds. Workout number four, zero again, you're like, holy shit, I just did 14 pull-ups. This is pretty fucking amazing. I already got three pull-ups better. Work capacity meso two, you'll notice one big difference. All It's almost exactly like work capacity meso one, except all the reps are up by, ooh, about two. Why? Because we got two reps stronger probably as a result of the first work capacity meso. So in this example, it's, uh, I wouldn't say optimistic. It's um, average to a little bit optimistic. Totally possible with a serious effort for you to gain essentially four pull-up ability during the hypertrophy phase and then gain two pull-up ability during work capacity phase one and maybe even another two after during work capacity phase two. For those keeping score at home, that's maybe eight extra pull-ups you're now able to do. That's a big deal. So work capacity meso two is almost exactly the same as work capacity meso one. Except day one, it's sets of 10 to 12 weighted pull-ups. Why? Because it's just a bit heavier than however many pull-ups you can normally do. But now you're not doing 11 anymore as far as pull-ups. You're doing, gee whiz, I don't know, 17 or something like that, 16. You're well on your way, right? So sets of 10 to 12, then sets of 12 to 16 weighted pull-ups, just a little bit shy of your your body, just a little bit more weight than your body weight and renorm if it's more than 10 pounds, constantly progressing. And then sets of 17 to 22 assisted pull-ups, of course, all that extra arm and back work is there after every workout. Notice it's there after every workout. doesn't stop you from doing pull-ups hard. And also, when it's time to do pull-ups again, you've recovered not only from the pull-ups but from the extra arm and back work. It's paired very well together. Because if you're doing arms and back between those workouts, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're doing pull-ups. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you're doing arm and back work. You never have a chance to recover Violates the stimulus recovery adaptation a training principle, and it's no good, right? So we work through those work capacity mesos, and then the peaking meso looks a little bit interesting. Three days in the peaking mesocycle. Day one, you work up, you warm up carefully, starting with assisted pull-ups, then a couple reps of regular pull-ups, and then you go to a heavy triple on weighted pull-ups, Get, when PhD sports scientists collaborate with pro bodybuilders, the most effective muscle growth training app ever made. Get yours now. A heavy triple potentiates your nervous system so much that when you go into just one heavy triple, one heavy set of three, increasing the load every week, Eventually, like the week before you peak, you'll fail at your very close to failure at your best triple. Just one set. The next sets after that, a few sets, it says, of bodyweight pull-ups are going to be mega PRs. You're going to feel like you're flying because a heavy triple, let's say by this time, you can do three sets with 50 pounds hanging. Take 50 pounds off the pull-up, and you're going to be like, holy fucking shit. We'll come back to that heavy triple in a bit. That's workout one. Day two is sets of 10 to 14 pull-ups, which is now under what you can do maximally. Come up 10 pounds, renorm, etc., et cetera. And then on that same day, after you do your sets of, you know, whatever pull-ups up to 10 pounds with weight and then go back down, getting closer and closer to a failure, you're going to do assisted pull-ups in the 18 to 23 rep range. So we have one workout for our regular pull-ups after a triple to potentiate regular. And then day two is we have the Slightly, sort of, in that just heavier range, and then slightly in that just lighter range. So we're taking one stone and throwing it at two. Two birds die. That's great. Why? Because this is a peaking protocol, and we want every Monday workout or day one workout to be really fresh so we can really show off and start to really get close to our best ability to do fresh pull-ups, which is why day three isn't that normal rep work, which would make you tired for next Monday. Day three is you just do three doubles of perfect technique pull-ups, minimum arm and back work, go home and rest. A couple of days later, you come back, and that Monday feeling fresh, hitting a mega hard triple, and then boom, multiple sets of what are now probably going to be PR attempts, right? Two weeks out, you take all of your assistance work for arm and back, or most of it at least, and just remove it from the program. Keep doing the program as is. The simplest peak here is this. The last week of the peak. Okay. Here's the last week. This next week, you're going to test on this Monday. Take the sets of pull-ups that you're doing and just cap them at one for each kind of pull-up. So you're going to do one heavy triple, one high rep pull-up with body weight close to failure, one rep away from failure. That's Monday. Wednesday or Thursday, you're going to do one set of slightly heavier pull-ups, one set of light-assisted pull-ups, leave the gym. Your fatigue is falling at this point. Your fitness is staying constant or even elevating. Friday, you're going to go and do the same three doubles of perfect technique pull-ups and fuck off. No assistance, nothing. Just go home and rest. This entire time, your diet should be locked in so that you're weighing basically the same thing every single day. And hopefully you did the fat loss diet during this time so that you're now at a slightly lower body weight than when you started this whole thing six or seven months ago. Long time, but a lot more reps than pull-ups. When you come back on Monday to hit your mega PR attempt, what you should do is warm up to hit a hard single with weight. So instead of a triple, go to a single because you don't want the fatigue and get up to like a single that's like pretty fucking challenging. Like, maybe the same weight you would use for a 3RM triple, just do it once. So, last week you did 50 pounds for a hard fucking triple. This week, put 55 pounds on. Well, warm up to it, 55, and do a fucking awesome technique pull up. Ooh, rack with 55 pounds. Rest three to eight minutes in length, depending on how much pull ups beat you up. If you're one of these people that a couple seconds after, like, I can do it. Rest three minutes. Trust me, no less than that. Get your shit together. Turn on your fucking iPhone. Switch the screen and do the zoom and color the shit and aperture, whatever, you know, videographer shit. I didn't. The videographers in my high school, people that got beat up. But Scott, the video guy, he was the one doing the beatings. That's why I hired him. I don't deal with that shit. Too pretty to get beat up. Said, no, whatever. That looked like me. In any case as soon as you're done with that 55 pound single, for example, three to eight minutes of rest. If you think you've had enough rest, rest just a little more. That is actually an iterative loop that goes to infinity. Not You guys know what I mean. A little bit more rest than you may think you need. Gear up, chalk, phone, wave to the girl you liked, tell her eyes on me, comma, expletive. You guys fill in the blanks. Whatever you like to call females in order to bring them down to your pathetically low level. And then, Calmly, calmly, no rush, begin to execute the reps exactly as you were practicing them. Don't get that bullshit butterfly shit. You'll you'll have it a little bit, but just be like, this is another awesome working set I'm posting to all of my three followers on TikTok. And I'm gonna do the good technique that I'm known for. And then as the pull-ups get harder, then you unleash the beast psychologically. Because remember, it's reps. What you don't wanna do is get super psyched up for reps, because then the first pull-up's really easy. And you're like, oh, huh, why did I get psyched up? As you do pull-ups and the shit starts to really resist you, still good, with good technique, remember all those terrible things your uncle did to you in that awful situation back at the amusement park? Remember? You probably don't remember because your psychotherapist spent many years repressing those memories for you. Money well spent. That's when it's time to unleash the beast, grind the reps, and do as many as you can. And you're going to be looking at your video after, and you're going to count the fucking reps because you probably lost track having a psychotic episode. And you're like, oh my fucking God, I did 11 reps six months ago, and I just fucking did 19 reps. And you ask yourself, how, how can I pay Dr. Mike back for this incredible eight gifted repetitions that I technically worked like crazy for and wasn't a gift at all? How can I pay back? And the answer is this, folks, just buy me another Lamborghini. It's not that hard. They have a dealership. There's different colors. You point to one. My butlers point to it. I don't ever show up at that place. You get one. You ship it to me. It's the least you could do. And I mean, honestly, it's the least you could do. Let me know if you guys have any questions. Let me know if you guys have any personal stories about what has worked for you to increase your pull-ups. And uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, that's all down there. There's links to beneficial stuff that we have and all sorts of apps and diets and uh, all kinds of things that give me Lamborghini money. Buy something, you know, if you're feeling spry. Anyway, you don't have to buy anything, but if you want please do. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time.